Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. Whether you've gone shopping lately for a new car, a washing machine, a game console, or any number of other items, you've probably discovered that the stuff you want is way more expensive than it used to be, and increasingly hard to find. The price tags on some high-end TVs, for example, have risen nearly 30% since this time last year. New cars are in such short supply that the cost of used vehicles is skyrocketing to the extent that the price of a Saturn, a brand that's been defunct for more than a decade, is up by more than 26% over last year. So, what's up with that? All of these products do have something in common in that they contain semiconductors. Also referred to as microchips or integrated circuits, these have become a vital component in the smart gadgetry of our modern world enabling the myriad miracles we expect our possessions to routinely perform. And right now, as a result of COVID-19's disruptive impact upon semiconductor plants in Asia and pandemic-induced distortions of consumer demand that caught United States manufacturers off guard, there aren't enough semiconductors to go around. And the crisis is likely to get worse before it gets better. Gartner, the global market research and advisory firm, recently predicted that the worldwide semiconductor shortage will persist for the rest of this year and that normal supply levels won't be available until the second quarter of 2022. For the article this episode is based on, HowStuffWorks spoke with Rob Handfield. He's the Bank of America University Distinguished Professor of Supply Chain Management at North Carolina State University and Director of the school's Supply Chain Resource Cooperative, which studies and works to improve the flow of products in various industries. He explains that the scope of this applies to, quote, dishwashers, thermostats, vacuum cleaners, coffee makers, and cars. Everything has electronics in it. The most obvious cause of the shortage has been the disruption caused over the past year and a half by COVID-19. Three quarters of the world's semiconductor-making capacity is in East Asia, and early on, the pandemic forced a few countries to temporarily shut down semiconductor manufacturing plants along with other businesses though others, such as China, deemed semiconductor industry labor forces to be essential workers. International shipping of electronics also has been hindered by the pandemic. And recently, a new surge in COVID-19 infections in Taiwan, one of the world's key sources of semiconductors, has threatened to interfere with production at a time when it's needed more than ever. The initial shortage of semiconductors occurred at a time when pandemic isolation was forcing millions to stay at home and work and play remotely. That stimulated the consumer craving for electronics. Expecting a slump in the market, semiconductor manufacturers didn't invest in additional capacity. When, instead, demand surged, the chip fabrication foundries, called fabs in industry lingo, weren't ready to meet it. As a result, the time needed to fill orders at some factories has gone from the usual 12 weeks to 20 to 22 weeks, according to Handfield. He said, when you order them, you won't see them for almost six months. Meanwhile, manufacturers who need semiconductors as components miscalculated as well. Some of the biggest pain has been felt in the automotive sector. Today's cars and SUVs depend upon computers to regulate everything from the fuel going into the cylinders to the brakes and steering. And according to a recent New York Times article, a high-end vehicle can contain 3,000 or more microchips. 
HowStuffWorks also spoke via email with Brent R. Moritz, Associate Professor of Supply Chain Management at Penn State University's Smeal School of Business. He explained that when the pandemic hit last spring, most automakers reduced their forecasts. Instead, Morris said, demand for cars and trucks is higher than expected. Many people who relied on public transport or ride-sharing want their own cars. A fire this spring at a major Japanese supplier of chips and electronic modules for several major automakers helped exacerbate the auto industry shortage, though the plant is now nearing full production again. And fixing the problem isn't going to be simple or easy. Manufacturing semiconductors, which can involve etching as many as 20 patterned layers of circuitry onto a tiny piece of silicon, is a complex process. And the factories needed to perform these tasks can take two to three years to build. The U.S. Senate recently passed a bill designed to bolster the U.S. tech sector's ability to compete with China that would provide $52 billion in subsidies to domestic semiconductor manufacturers for research and development, as well as manufacturing. The legislation, which still must be voted upon by the House, would provide a boost to U.S. chipmaking, which today only accounts for 12% of the global capacity, down from 37% back in 1990. Building new fabs here could help provide a bigger supply of U.S.-made semiconductors, but it wouldn't have much immediate impact upon today's shortage. Hanfield explained, there's a lot of discussion around bringing more chip manufacturing back to the U.S., but it's not as if you can just build a factory and start making chips. You see, semiconductor manufacturers require their own supply chains as well. Hanfield cites the example of one large Asian manufacturer having 2,500 different suppliers. A new fab would need to create its own supply chain. Another problem that complicates the semiconductor shortage is that many uses require specialized chips, which makes it difficult to adjust manufacturing to meet surges in demand for particular products. Hanfield says that one possible answer to that problem is the development of customizable chips uh, built from components that could be assembled in different ways. Hasn't yet materialized to any level. Meanwhile, as the pandemic recedes in the United States due to vaccines, the demand for semiconductors and the resulting shortage may grow even more dire. Moritz said, The combination of stimulus funds and the fact that people have not been spending money on other things, like vacations, air travel, restaurant meals, has seen people want to spend on consumer goods that use chips, things like new computers, monitors, tablets, and all manner of consumer electronics. This is putting additional strain on the supply chain. And the industries that use semiconductors are only growing as more of our tech becomes smarter. But on the positive side, Moritz expects automakers and other manufacturers to learn from the crisis and learn how to avoid future incidences. He said, Probably the largest innovation that can help right now is building supply chain resiliency. The auto industry was famous for reducing inventory, yet in this circumstance, The drive for efficiency and low inventories has resulted in shortages. Of course, inventory is not the only way to build resiliency, yet having spare capacity, flexibility, and good supplier relationships can help mitigate the future shortages. I expect that the auto industry will be treating semiconductors more strategically rather than as a commodity, yet that mindset is hard to break.
Today's episode is based on the article, A Perfect Storm of Worldwide Catastrophes is Causing the Global Semiconductor Shortage on HowStuffWorks.com, written by Patrick J. Kiger. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio in partnership with HowStuffWorks.com and is produced by Tyler Klang. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.